Welcome to. Uh, <laughs> I had to do that because that's been in my head all morning. Just that part of that song. Um, welcome everyone to another episode of Cranked and Ranked. We're back to ranking some shit, and today we're going to be uh, ranking. Um, well, before I before I do that, let me introduce everybody. Uh, uh, I am Old Head or Steven, and with me as always is Mr. Eddie Sparks. Hello, sir. Yo, what's up? What up? Um, so today we're going to tackle. Um, a discography that I feel like, you know, there are some bands that people, you you like them or you think they're okay. There's not really any sort of of extreme uh, emotions involved with the opinions. I feel like with this band, which we're starting today, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, I feel like some people have very extreme opinions on them. Yeah. And... It's interesting. It, it, it'll be an interesting uh, uh, ranking. We're actually going to do this in two parts because they have a, 11 albums. And yeah. so today we're going to be doing our bottom six Chili Peppers albums. And the next episode will be the top five. And it's a, they're an interesting band because I, I actually was looking forward to doing this with you because this is the first band that we've done, I think, that is still very relevant today like they're not a legacy band that just plays the hits yeah they've continued to release hit albums after you've been born like i, th- I think what it is as well is is they're one of those career 180 bands that yeah. like halfway through their career had a complete second wind doing something completely different to how they started yeah, there's a, it's it, there's a, there was yeah. a definite shift, but I think it's cool that that this is a band that was out and I was very into when I was younger, but they were also still doing shit when after when you were coming of age and and even today. I mean, they got an album coming, who knows how soon, but they got one yeah. coming. Um but this will be an interesting one because I think that um I'm I'm pretty divided in their stuff. Which I guess a yeah. lot of people are. So as we as we normally start off before we do anything, let's start talking about where our Chili Peppers experiences began. So mine started in I think 1990. 1990 was a big year for me because that's when I really started to get into all kinds of music and became very independent in my own thinking of what I wanted to listen to. So I was like 13 years old, something like that, um, or 12. Fuck yeah, I think I was 12. Doesn't matter. Um, but um, I remember two specific things. One, on one of our access cable access television stations, they played a live concert of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I had no idea who they were, but I remember at the end of the concert for their encore, they came out with nothing on except socks covering on you know, their, on their, their dicks, yeah. <laughs> and I just remember the music being so I was like this is like funky but it's like punk and it's weird and like these guys seem like they probably do a whole lot of drugs and I was just it just seemed like dangerous weird music that didn't you know all of a sudden I was like 
Because I was getting into bands like that that didn't go, have a normal set way of doing things. I was already into Faith No More, and so I was open to this world of bands that didn't quite fit in. And mm. then, shortly after that, for some reason, my older brother, who barely listened to any rock and roll, um, bought a cassette copy of Mother's Milk. Holy shit. And I very quickly took it from him. Like, it was <laughs> his, and he was like, this album's okay, I guess. And I was like, cool. And I listened to it, I was like, no, this album's fucking amazing. And so that was my introduction to the Chili Peppers. And um, I've been a fan ever since, although... I'll, I'll get to it when we start talking about their albums, because my fandom has changed in a very odd way, where if somebody mm -hmm. came to me and said, are you a Chili Peppers fan? I'd be like, yeah. And they would say, well, what did you think about their last album? I'd be like, uh, you got a minute? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um anyway, so where where did your story begin with them? Oh, um about halfway into my journey of being a, a rock and metal fan at this point. So it was like comparatively speaking to like other bands, I remember when I first got into like the early 90s stuff like uh Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, Pearl mm. Jam, all of these kind of like era defining bands but for some reason um chili peppers didn't really click with me until about 2015 okay. when i i did probably the naughtiest thing i've ever done as a music fan ever and i was sat with my friend at uh college and he basically said hey do you want the chili peppers entire discography off of this usb and i went ah eh, fuck it why not yeah. free <laughs> so he transferred it all over and i was like you know what i've grossly neglected this band so i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to them and i picked the album cover that i thought appealed to me the most mm -hmm. and i looked at the cover for uplift mofo party plan yeah. and i thought this shit looks fucking wild surely the this has to be reflective of something yeah and then I listened to it and, you know, I don't want to give any too much away, but like song after song, I was thinking, wow, this is not what I thought the Chili Peppers were capable of. Okay, especially since casually just living your life, if you're hearing the radio, you're not hearing stuff like Uplift Mofo. You're hearing yeah. Snow hey -Oh on the radio or whatever, you know, which is yeah. which is not it doesn't even sound like the same band to me. Yeah, I kind of like pinned them as this like indie rock thing uh, as a result of the songs that I'd heard on the radio, of course. Yeah. Um, you know, with the notable exception of stuff like Give It Away. But I actually, and this is probably as much a fault of, you know, uh, people promoting the band. Like say Spotify, for example, they have what they call the studio album collection but it starts with Blood Sugar Sex Magic. There's four, <laughs> there's four fucking records that predate it, and they just ghost them completely, and that really pisses me off, especially considering, you know, Uplift Mofo and Mother's Milk, at least, you know? Yeah. God damn. No, I agree. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think the wildest thing is that some of their early stuff could be considered funk metal, like borderline, yeah. especially, on like, especially on Mother's Milk in particular. But they they've done one of the craziest one eighties stylistically, and and we'll we'll get into it. Let's but, uh, let's let's do that. Let's jump right into yeah. it. So, like I said, we're going to be doing our bottom six um, picks for today, 
And uh, as usual, Eddie, just, could, just go ahead and jump right into it. What's your number 11 Chili Peppers album? My number 11 Chili Peppers album is I'm With You. Okay. Uh, so this one, to me, uh, after Stadium Arcadium, I was thinking, okay, they kind of did a little bit of everything on that album. Where are they going to go? Um, yeah, and, and this is the first the, one with Josh... What, how do you say his last name? Klinghoffer? Uh, Klinghoffer, I think. Klinghoffer. Yeah, on guitar. And uh, I I think... You know, it, John Frusciante was a very involved songwriter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is not me, you know, dogging on, on Josh. But it, it, to me, that there's just a memorability issue on this album that just does not happen compared to the previous record because yeah, there are yeah. there are there are songs on stadium arcadium you can hear once and they'll be stuck in your head forever like you know danny california for example mm-hmm. whereas here even the singles i'm just i'm just not feeling it so i'm just gonna go on my track by track of what i was feeling at the time yeah um so you got monarchy of roses is this kind of like glossy disco edged alt rock side of them um then you get Factory of Faith. I'm 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 not really feeling the vibe here. I'm gonna be brutally meh with a lot of this stuff. Well, the, the one thing since you passed over it, the one thing I think it's important to note about Monarchy of Roses. When I was going through and listening to all of the latter day stuff, that song is the first time that I'm all like, "There's dis- there's guitar feedback." Like mm. all of a sudden, you hear distortion like heavy distortion on the guitars during the verses yeah. and, and feedback. And it almost feels psychedelic. And then it, it's cool how it shifts into that sort of disco beat. I love that yeah. about them. But that's the one thing is I was like, oh, all of a sudden gu- gu- you can hear like loud guitars again in the music. Yeah, yeah it, it's, I'd, I'd say there was like a, a, a period, especially, you know, the three Californication, uh, by the way, and, stadium arcadium where they traded out the overdrive and the distortion completely and went pretty much clean yeah channel and you definitely right weren't gonna through. hear any feedback that shit was edited out <laughs> yeah well they probably didn't even have like enough signal going to the amp to create feedback like, <laughs> at that point true yeah it, it's oh man you got uh brendan's death song like same goes here Ethiopia at least has some interesting vocal phrasing mm-hmm. and c- chorus clean guitar is always going to win Eddie Sparks over. Um, so this was a little spike in my interest, but, you know, Annie Wants a Baby, uh, another one just not holding my attention on this album. Uh, look around. Again, it's just not very memorable. It's a little bit too samey for me. You know, on, on previous records you would have had a song that did this you had a song that did that and they would have like a really crazy wild one here mm-hmm. and then just a rocking rocking one here then a real funky one and then like a full-on ballad and it's like here it's all just kind of you know there were moments where i i came away from my notes and i didn't realize that three songs had passed because i was just nothing was really grabbing me yeah. and it, it's it sucks to say that about an album because like that's literally the worst possible thing that could happen it's like i would rather hear a song and say fuck off yeah exactly than than be in completely indifferent to it and it's it's a shame because i i like the chili peppers but 
this album for me, you know, look around again. Adventures of Raindance Maggie has a pretty cool vibe, I'll admit. Um, Did I Let You Know has a chill out vibe to it. Goodbye, hooray. Goodbye, hooray is the most rocking cut so far, but it just still doesn't have that edge to it. Um, Happiness Loves Company has an old rock and roll feel. Police Station is a laid back track. Uh, Even you, Brutus? Uh, <laughs> um, sorry to say it's just not memorable meet me at the corner a melancholy track and dance 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 which is unfortunately not a cover of the 1986 rat song uh, <laughs> tops off this underwhelming record but uh, yeah for, for me even down to the artwork there's just a real blandness to to all of the stuff on, on this one to yeah, me yeah and unfortunately, that's something that's present in varying degrees on a lot of modern Chili Peppers stuff. But there are standouts as we progress later in the list. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that cool. is my that's my take on I'm with you. Nice. Um, well, I'm not with you on that one. <laughs> um, so my so this it was interesting doing these because I know the first. Six, I would say even seven. I would even include Californication. I I know those albums very well. Heard them a yeah. lot. Um, but when it comes to the next four, um, I'd only heard them once, maybe twice, or or you know, considering a couple of them. But the one thing that I kept thinking while listening to these albums is that I. I don't hate any of this. And I still hear that these are super talented dudes. Yeah. And the only thing I can equate it to the, the, the last, the, this, this uh, century of the red hot chili peppers reminds me, there's only one other band that falls into the same feeling. And that is the Foo Fighters where the Foo Fighters are a band that I, if somebody said, do you like the Foo Fighters? It'd be like, yeah, cool. Do you like this album? No. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's a weird thing where it, it's not bad music. It's just not engaging. Like yeah. something, something is missing from it, even though it sounds like it's done perfectly well. And some of the songwriting is great, but there's some urgency that just, it feels kind of forced. Like it's, it's a like the 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 latter day Chili Peppers is almost like a watered down version of what they did before, where they've literally just all of the all of the edges have been smoothed out and any inconsistencies mm. have been drained away, and now it's just this, you know, I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's it's very. It's like some- it's like someone attacked them with a pumice stone. Just, <laughs> yeah, just it's yeah. just it's it's <laughs> it, now there's there's nothing about it that it is edgy at all. And mm. um, at the end of the day, the one that hit me the most kind of meh uh, was their most recent album, The Getaway. Yeah. The thing, the positive I have for The Getaway is that I can actually hear that they they had different ideas in mind. Like, I definitely hear a difference between this album and I'm With You and Stadium Arcadium. Like, it, it does feel like a different album. So I'm going to give them that because 
Like I've always said, I would rather a band put out a different sounding bad album than an album that sounds exactly the same as what they did before. Yeah. And so I'm going to give them that. But it's still a very watered down Chili Peppers. But I, I don't think that's the thing. I don't think these guys have ever phoned it in. Like, that's the thing. Even though I don't like what they're doing and there's something missing from it, I feel like they're being honest with the music that they're making. Yeah. And I, I can't fault them for that. It doesn't seem like they're trying to make a bunch of radio-friendly music because really, if you listen to it, in many ways, a lot of their stuff is not straightforward music. Even though, even if it is a softer version of what they did before, it's very rare that there's just a regular old pop tune that's got verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and it, everything is very middle of the road. So at this point... It's it, this this album makes me um, interested to hear what they do next because on the getaway, it feels like they have shed every last bit of rock. Like rock is now gone. They are a yeah. pop, a alternative pop band, and that's fine. But now you know John Frusciante is now back in the band, and I'm like, from what I've heard, that dude you know, it keeps close company with a lot of like metal musicians and rock musicians. And he's, he's a dude that could do heavier shit if he wanted to. And so I'm, I'm curious to see what they end up doing, but on the getaway, it's just for lack of a better term, it's uninteresting all the way through. Like I didn't even write down any song titles that stood out because it was never necessarily a song that stood out. It was always just, a part of a song. A bass line was cool. Um, a transition was cool. Um, maybe what, what Anthony did on the vocals at one part was cool. But there's to me, there was never a song where I went, this, ah, this is the song on this album. It's just kind of, yeah. it's fine. This music is fine. And fine is not good enough for me, especially when you've done shit that I think is fucking kick-ass. Yeah. And that's the thing, is that I don't, I don't expect the Chili Peppers to come back and be a big old rock band. They could, because we'll get to it later, but if you look at an album like Freaky Styly, how, yeah. how much, how, how there's, is there one rock song on that whole album? Maybe uh, uh, you've got, you've got Catholic Schoolgirls Rule. I think you've that's it. Battleship Every, as well, but that's. It's more like funk, right? It's, that's, fa- that's it's fast the other funk. One. Isn't Battleship like a fat? No, no, you're oh. right. You're right. Um, but it's like, most of it is not rock at all. And that's great. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with necessarily me wanting them to have heavy guitars. I just want there to feel like there's some some un, uncertainty about what they're going to do next. Like, oh man, you yeah. could, and, and I and I want there to be a surprise. Like, oh, it, I wasn't expecting this at all. And, that, and that's what their early shit had all the way through one hot minute. Had songs where I went, I was not expecting that at all. And so this one. It doesn't have any of that. And so uh, that's why it's my number 11, The Getaway. This album can get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's a good transition because uh, we're not going to get away from this subject for a little bit. Damn. Because uh, we are on it with the fucking segues today. Uh, See, so for me, like th- this album has like a similar vibe to the previous record but with a much poppier production to it Mm -hmm. um and you know it's produced by um uh danger mouse 
Yes. Who some people will know as one half of Gnarls Barkley, um, which I was, I actually really liked Gnarls Barkley, but um, <laughs> that's not rock music, but you know, still. It, and that, it, it shows because uh, like you said, they are an alt pop band at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, there are, there are songs on here that, you know, aren't even on the rock spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, you got the song, you know, Dark Necessities. That that piano line is really cool. Uh, it reminds me of Right Now uh, by Van Halen. It, it, but even the bass riff is a variation on the same thing that Can't Stop does. You know, I remember hearing it and thinking, that's the same fucking riff, you know? <laughs> Um, we turn red has some funky bits in it. Uh, the longest wave is is a lighters in the air kind of ballad. Uh, you got Goodbye Angels seriously kicks off at the end with like this Tom Morello esque guitar solo, but you know the rest of the song is largely forgettable. Um, like like I said with the previous album, a lot of the stuff that plagues these modern Chili's albums for me is just a sameness mm-hmm. and, a, and a sanitized bland feel to some of the stuff compared to and and it's like you say we're stacking it against incredibly groundbreaking nutty shit yeah and now they just kind of gradually narrowed their scope and became like this this alt pop rock kind of thing and and to compare it it just it feels a bit off like you say, it's the Foo Fighters syndrome. It's hard to hate them, but is it exciting at the same time? Because you kind of know what you're in for. Yeah, at this I, point. I, I have like a real, it's like a real, the, 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 the most dickish thing I can say is that if anyone ever comes to me and says, um, the Foo Fighters are my favorite band, I'd be like, oh, you don't listen to very much music. <laughs> <laughs> But I, but I wouldn't say that to them because I'm not a dick. But in my head, I'm all like, I appreciate that that's your favorite band, but you got to dig a little deeper. Yeah. Um, oh, what we got here? Sick Love. You got some smooth, spacey funkiness on this track. It's That one's probably my favorite track so far. Mm-hmm. Then you get Go Robot, which is a perfect example of how they've totally shed the rock thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's again, it's got that spacey disco feel, but with some awesome arpeggiated synths layered in there at the end, but it doesn't help the whole song stay memorable. You know, one killer part does not one great song make. <laughs> Agree. You know, um, you know, feasting on the flowers is kind of chill with a hip hop edge. Uh, Detroit is this slow grooving rocker. It has a pretty cool riff in it. Um, this to Ticonderoga. Is, am I saying that right? Ticonderoga. Um, I, let I, me take a look at it. So that I would say that that is Ticon. Yeah, Ticonderoga. This yeah, it's, Ticonderoga. It's it's kind of chaotic rocker. Um, Encore has a poppy feel. Now, uh, uh, there's something I've had like kind of an idea for making a video on about something that kind of bugs me. Uh-huh. But I'm 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 gonna say this here uh, because I I feel like it it. Covers a part of it, but it it doesn't totally give away all I'm talking about. Okay, the hunter feels like the music in one of the more chilled out car commercials you see on TV. <laughs> Have you noticed? There's like a certain type of of song they'll either pick for a car commercial, 
And it's either this kind of like laid back driving through the hills at night. And it's like the all new Citroen C5, like, you know, something like that. <laughs> or, <laughs> but like, there's, a, there's another thing. I'll, I'll explain it in the, in the video when I eventually make it. But over here, I don't know how rife it is over there, but I would imagine car commercials are pretty universal. Um, it's kind of like you'll have like a like either that or it's something kind of thing. I think I've seen the commercial you're talking about. Um, There's so many of them. It's either that or they use something like that jet song. And like, you know, it's like this, this is a car for rockers. Yeah. It's got this like kind of like, Imagine Dragon's interpretation of what a guitar riff is meant to sound like, and and you'll get all of these car commercials thinking, how do we appeal to a mass audience? And it's like, well, that one guitar lick seems to be selling for fucking Ford, so yeah. a bunch of other ones do the same thing. And and these days there are like a good, I mean, for popular bands, it seems like there's at least a dozen popular bands that fall under the quote-unquote rock category that all do those same bluesy riffs it's like yeah. the black keys and, and things <laughs> everything related they all do the same riffs and it's and people just eat that shit up and i'm just like all right yeah. that's fine whatever makes you happy and then and then finally we get dreams of samurai which is a big sprawling track to close this record out but Again, I walked away from both of these bottom albums thinking, I don't remember anything. And I think yeah. that's pretty, you know, damning when you've got a band that was just churning out hits at a point. And, you know, I suppose to, to the to the diehards, there's some there's some memorable tracks here. But for me, that this them doing this style just doesn't it just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. It's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. Um, so for my uh, number what, what, uh, number 10, um, this, is, this is one that I feel like a lot of people love this album, um, and I'm going to have to be a little harsh with it. My number 10 is Stadium Arcadium, um, okay. which um, I think they were even nominated for a Grammy for this album, I think. Uh, or I did think it win? Fuck, I don't even it, know. I think it won a Grammy for best box set or something. Oh, okay. Cause but um, but it's it's an album that. So this was it. What, what year was this? This was two thousand six, and yeah. so this came after after uh, what was the album before this? Was it was it? Uh, by the, by way, the way, by the way. So some people like to say that it's kind of a return to form because there is more rocking stuff on it, but. It's a double album, and how many double albums can you think of where all the songs are killer? Like how many? It can... feels like a fucking triple album because yeah. it's like <laughs> that's true. But it's over two hours long. Yeah, so it's, it's like insane. two. Not only is it a double album, it's two really long albums. And sure, I, I it, you could say it's a return to form, but it's only returning to Californication. It's not returning any further <laughs> back than that. So sure, that's fine. And some of that made it fun to listen to. There's some cool energetic songs on this, but there was a lot of uninteresting songs. And even the 
even the more rocking songs, like we've said, they just feel kind of lifeless in their rocking. Like it's, it's, it's yeah. hard to put your finger on what it is, but it really does feel a little bit, um, is lackadaisical maybe is the word I'm looking for. And mm. in many ways, when this album first came out, cause I'm, I'm a fan. So I always listen to their new albums and this was the first one where like I was like, I feel like they're just treading water at this point. They're very good at making the music that they make, but they've kind of, they did six albums in a row, in my opinion, where they kind of did whatever the fuck they wanted. Um, yeah. You, like you could, you could, some of the albums you could, you know, have, you could compare. There are similarities here and there. They, they do have the Chili Peppers core sound, but you were never 100% sure of, of what you were going to get. And mm. then once they crossed into Californication, it's like everything got funneled down, and now there's only this one little area of their style that they're playing with. They may, yeah. they may go to the edges of that area, but the area is still very small now. And so having two discs worth of this, it almost feels like like this is the uh, the album equivalent of... You know, some people use that phrase, throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. So yep. the Chili Peppers did that. And then all the stuff that didn't stick, they also put that on the album. So they're just like, fucking <laughs> everything goes. And just because you write 28 songs doesn't mean that 28 songs need to come out. I'm just saying. Um, so uh, while there are, there are really enjoyable parts on this album. I'll give them that. I, you know, Danny California is a great song, but I think I said this to you before. Snow Hey Oh is one of the worst Chili Peppers songs. Like, I don't even understand how anybody... I, I can't, okay, I understand how a 50-year-old housewife likes that song. That's fine. But <laughs> it's just... Even just... It's so... Like, every time I hear it, I go, why did they ever... Why did they think this was Okay. But you know what? It was a hit for them. So who the fuck am I? What the fuck do I know? I'm just this, you know, guy on a little podcast that likes to point out that things are boring sometimes. But <laughs> so once again, like I feel like whenever I get on a on a tangent where I'm where I'm talking shit, I always have to come back and say that they're still really good at what they're they're a great band. So it's like a it's just like they put out a collection of leftovers here. And and I don't even know if pairing the album down to twelve tracks would have even helped, but it may have. But my I, I really do think that I got I still have to give them credit because even though, and we we've we've been saying a lot how like this the the latter day Chili Peppers almost feels like a different band, in a way that's true. But I have to give them some kind of credit because you you hear it and you still know it's Chili Peppers somehow. So I have to give yeah. them credit for not only having their own thing, but to, to the point where, like, can you think of another band that sounds like the Chili Peppers? Either either era of the Chili Peppers. Can you think of other bands that have that, that combination of things that they do? I, I can't yeah. think of one right offhand. Yeah, I, I can't think of, of any bands that, that did it and nailed the style. I know that there were a lot of imitators, but none of them really ever... They kind of picked one aspect of their sound and went with that yeah. and, and mashed that with other influences. But aside from that, you know, you look at any funk metal band, none of them sound like the Peppers. They, they just have the funk element 
of and, yeah, and some what they and, were doing. and some of them do sound like each other, but the Chili Peppers have always maintained this sound where you just know that it's them. And I think that is something mm. that needs to be celebrated for the Chili Peppers. And that's a big reason why I'll always say that I'm a fan because I'm like, shit, nobody, the Chili Peppers sound like the Chili Peppers. And all of those guys, I'll even throw, you know, Anthony Kiedis, he gets, he gets a lot of criticism for his vocals. But to be completely honest, nobody sounds like Anthony Kiedis. Yeah, and he's, he's in, unique. In this day and age, and I'm not just talking rock and roll, I'm talking about music in general. The idea of having a unique voice, that's gone out the fucking window. Nobody cares. Nobody cares to be unique. Everyone just wants to just, you know, especially in like heavy rock bands now, whether the guy is grunting or screaming or singing, it all sounds like the same singers. They all watched the same tutorials on on YouTube and all came out with the same presets. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's one thing is is it even down to just the vocals of the Chili Peppers, you do not mistake Anthony Kiedis's voice, even when he's doing yeah. some more melodic singing or if he's doing his weird scatting <laughs> or whatever he's doing. <laughs> you know, what's that? What's that one? It's the end of uh, the end of what's that song? Uh, Soul to Squeeze, where he's like, bing, dong, ding, dong, gong, gong. And yeah. I'm just like, what? <laughs> what? And I love what? that song, but I still get to that part and I'm all like, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> One of my one of my favorite uh, like meme videos. It was like, it was like, hey, have you checked out the new Red Hot Chili Peppers song? Uh, no, yeah, just stick it on. Yeah, let's let's listen to it. And it's like this really pretty funky guitar part. And he's like, hey, this is pretty good. And then the lyrics come in, and it's like, doopy doo poo poo, gonna have to warn you, California, Cali California. <laughs> but it's like mean, it was. <laughs> it's easy to poke fun at Anthony, but I, but I, yeah. I think that I like that he has his own thing going. And he was, yeah. he's not a traditional singer. He's not a good singer, but he figured out how to become a better version of what he does. I yeah. mean, depend. I mean, depending on what you're talking about, like he sings better now. When you used to hear him sing. Like on Mother's Milk and Blood Sugar Sex Magic, there's part of it and you're like, "Ooh, that is, that is, uh, that's borderline right there, buddy." Um, but, um, but yeah. Anyway, back to Stadium Arcadium. The point I'm trying to make is that I don't like this album, and and really the bottom, maybe four albums that we're talking about here for me, um, maybe even five. They're ones that I will rarely ever go listen to and I, I have no desire if I go to the if I want to hear chili peppers those are not the albums I go to but I have to give them fucking mm. credit because they're still in my opinion a great band um but stadium arcadium I think is just too much of not enough and so that's why it's my number 10 you mentioned cutting it down to about 12 tracks I did the I took the liberty of actually making a playlist for this episode oh yeah uh it, it's called stadium arcadium cut down and it is uh a 10 track uh album and i'm gonna see if if you can remember like the corresponding titles for some of these songs but maybe uh, here here is my track listing for it and i want to know how surprising it really is (laughs) danny california opens it okay then humpty bump (laughs) okay then come on girl oh okay then wet then wet sand all right, all right. Tell me, baby. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that one. Ready made. Well, all right, yeah. I, I, I like that one too. Desecration smile. Storm in okay. a teacup. If and turn it again. 
And that there is the 10 tracks that stood out to me, there's, me personally. There's a couple there that I don't totally remember, but overall, like, I, I feel like I get what you're going for there. Yeah it's, the, yeah, it's the strongest material to my ears, but I'm I'm coming at the Chili Peppers from a metal background, so I'm always going to like the heavier shit. Yeah. So, but that's not to say I don't like, like, the straight up funk stuff from their early records too. So, uh, yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's an interesting, um, playlist. I, I, it, it could be, I mean, it's one of those things where I feel like if you're a chili peppers fan, more is always better, but, um, I yeah. really, it's just, you know, it's once again, it's just, it's uh, it's hypothetical. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe stadium Arcadium could have been, um, better, but maybe part of its appeal is the fact that it was this big old chunk of tons of songs, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that is uh, that's your take on Stadium Arcadia. That is. So we can move on to your number nine. Cool. So my number nine, and this is probably the placement that's going to get me the most hate mail. Uh, I've gone for by the way. Why? Why would that get you? Okay. I'm, I mean, I guess I'm not one of them, so I'm all like, I get that makes sense. So by by the I, way, I looked into it. And I can see where you're coming from that, that like, you're not surprised to see it here. Yeah. But I, I, I did some research and I was fascinated to find that this is usually in the top three wow. of like every list I've seen. And, you know, my friend Dan, he can attest to this because this, I think, is his favorite Chili's album. Okay. And, but you he's, know, but can, he's, I, he's your age though, right? He, he's my age. So that's the, that's the, the thing, thing is, I was trying to yeah. say about about coming into a band later when they're still popular. Like, yeah. like, so this stuff is on the radio and on, you know, whatever channel you actually see videos on. But so I could understand that coming into a band like that yeah. at that time. And this album being, um, one that's important for some people. So yeah, I get that. I think it's interesting as well though, to note on, on the, on the flip side is the fact that I'm the same age as him. But I com- I prefer the like opposite end of the spectrum completely. Yeah. So, mm, it's it's interesting how you know subjective music is. But um, yeah, I'm just gonna jump into why. By the way, is my number nine pick. All right. I will say it sits above the previous two because it at least has a bold statement. Yes. To it. So my thing with by the way is that. I can appreciate it for the balls it would take to come from something like uh, get up and jump all the way to this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. Like that is the kind of career path that we like to see from a band. It's the Depending on who you're something. talking to, that could be considered an evolution, you know? Yeah. You know, it's just not, it's not to me, but I, but I can get that, that viewpoint. Yeah. But unfortunately for the album, this is not the kind of stuff I come to the Chili Peppers for. Yeah, I, I, I don't come to to this to get like introspective. I come to this so I can listen to Anthony Kiedis advertise his dick for an hour. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna step on down to the track by track. So, by the way, the title track opening the album. I always had a bit of an aversion to this song, but it is undeniably catchy, but it just always never did it for me. There was something 
like off about it. I just never connected to mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Um, universally speaking, it has nice chill vibes and the string section is nice. To this album's credit, it's a good relaxing listen, mainly down to the fact that it's kind of like one of those bore you to sleep tapes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like one of those videos where someone's not talking about particularly anything. And in a way, it, I I can see its properties being nice, but yeah, it's not the sort of thing, like I said, I come to them for. Uh, this is the place. Didn't really take off for me. Dosed. At this point, the album is too mellow, three tracks in a row. After the chaotic opener set up quite a bit of a thrill ride comparatively. Um but uh, the chorus is nice. Um, don't forget me. At this point, the songs are really becoming interchangeable for me. Uh, the Zephyr song, real samey now. The, but that's again, that's that's also in my list of the worst Chili Pepper songs. Because how lazy is the chorus of that song? It's yeah. It, 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 that's like first round um, lyric writing and melody writing. That that'll do. It sounds right. It's just so, <laughs> it sounds like it could have been in 50 other songs. Yeah. Oh, man. Like it, and, then, and then you get Can't Stop. Now, Can't Stop is a song I would be quite happy never hearing again because it's kind of the default setting for any college band. Sure, it works, but it feels so generic at this point because there was, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast yet, but when I was in college, there was a sheet in, on the wall in all of the rehearsal rooms of a list of banned songs that you weren't allowed to play. Uh, there was Iron Man, Paranoid, <laughs> Enter Sandman, like all of your standard radio rock overplays. Yeah. But at, at the very top of the list, it said anything by the Red Hot Chili Peppers after Californication, <laughs> <laughs> which includes Don't Stop. To be, uh, to sorry, be honest, can't the, stop. the Can't Stop is a song that I it it makes me aggravated because the way the song starts off, and I'm not just talking about the first like 20 seconds where it's like it's very chaotic and then it goes into that or or, or it's like however it builds up and then goes into that like yeah I love all of that. I think the verses are cool and then it gets to the chorus and it just it draw it literally loses so much steam. That it dies. It's almost yeah. like you're you're literally like getting to the top of the mountain, and then all of a sudden you realize that you're actually just at the middle of a gigantic other mountain, and you're like, oh, well, yeah. we're never going to get up there because now we're just here in the middle. <laughs> so it's it, it's it's a letdown, but I do love the vibe of the first like the verses in the song. If it had done a Danny California and elevated in the chorus, yeah. this song would be so much cooler. But to me, I mean, who am I to say? Because the song is massively successful. It's absolutely. It is one that you still hear a lot today. But to my ears, it just doesn't go anywhere. And I don't get the appeal of why this one is so successful comparatively to some other tracks in their discography. Mm-hmm. But I suppose at this point, they were appealing to a, more of a pop audience than a rock audience. Well, or I, at well least I also think transitioning. Yeah. yeah, I also feel like this is a, a this is a time to 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 talk about like some people have these opinions that they they sold out 
and they're trying to make music for a particular type of person. And I don't, I hate it when anybody says that about any band because 99% mm. of the time it's not true. They're not actually just trying to pander to an audience. They're, they've just decided to do something different. And, and if, if, if their goal is, well, now we're going to do this music that is more universal to people. It's not just rock yeah. music. I get where they're going with, with a lot of this stuff. Uh, but I'm never, I would never call, I mean, I can't, I, I'm sure there are bands where I could full on say I, that feels like they sold out right there. But most, yeah. most of the time I, I feel like it is not the case. And that's just being very short sighted in the way that you view music. I think uh, a, a better way to word this would be, I, I don't think it's necessarily the band's fault that the media decided to latch on to this later half of their career. Yeah, because if you go on, say Spotify, and I would imagine everywhere else, you know, I generally speaking, I'm a buy your music guy, but I use Spotify as like a kind of window shopping, and then if I like the album, I'll I'll buy it. But that's how I use if, that's how I use Apple Music. I listen to a lot of music on Apple Music, but if it's something I like, I have it on vinyl. If there's a vinyl, yeah, it's it's like I took it took it upon myself to really like analyze all of the stuff that was really being pushed and all of the stuff that was kind of getting buried. And I think the thing that annoys me about the Chili Peppers is the way that people write off like the first six albums that have a lot of great shit on it. Like and, it's like, it's like P Pantera. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that for the, the early Pantera is, is great, but it's definitely <laughs> not bad. So it's, yeah, but, but even the band was just like, Oh, we don't talk about those. Yeah, it, it it's one of those things that like it, it I but I like it and it stings to see like yeah, yeah. this era so ghosted. I think that's why and, you do have like I, I said that that it's split down the middle with people that are older. Like not it's like younger people seem to to be kind of okay with what they're doing now, but with older people, I hear a lot of that sort of like you know I this this is not the band that I used to love, and I'm guilty of being that person, and and. But you can't. I don't know. You can't. They they've been successful with with what they've been doing. We had this conversation when we were talking about Megadeth. If yeah. if Risk had been really successful, maybe it would have been a Chili Peppers type of thing, where all of a sudden you get this more alternative version of Megadeth that just continues on. And honestly, yeah. I think that'd be that would be that would have been a very interesting sort of alternate timeline for them. But um, at this point, I don't know. At this point, it is what it is. But by the way, is definitely the best example of them. I think it's the furthest away. Maybe this album and the Getaway are the two that I think are the furthest away from what they originally did. Yeah, yeah, I, I would have to agree there. Um, then you've got "I Could Die for You." It's kind of back to the chill, but samey vibe again. Midnight starts nice with those strings, but it's still just so samey. Like the thing I liked about other Chili's albums is the variety in songs you would get. Whereas here mm -hmm. it's just kind of like, it's a chill song and then another chill song and then a chill song after that. And you got throw away your television. Yeah. It, it's a repeat. Yeah. It, this is how I feel about this album. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Cabron is it's at least something different at this point. Um, tear. I, I actually began to feel sleepy at this point <laughs> yeah. so it you know like i said if you need something to listen to before bed i recommend it but i can't 
tell if that's the album's intended effect or I was just genuinely bored. It's also important to note that I was playing San Andreas at this point. I was gunning people down with a helicopter and I almost fell asleep. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty in, intense uh, you know, sleep inducer. So if you if you suffer with insomnia or something, try this album. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um uh, on Mercury on Mercury it like brought up the pace a little bit. Minor thing, had a cool guitar solo, but still felt bland compared to other albums. Warm tape has a nice vibe. I liked that. It was different. It had that dreamy kind of vibe. Um and then Venice Queen is kind of another vibey closer. This album is uh it for want for a better word. If you've come to this album expecting a party, you're going to get a snooze fest. Yeah. Because aside aside from the album's two like lead singles, the rest of the album is like a sleep ambient tape yeah. to me. It's interesting to note that what I read about this time period with the band is that um, Flea was not super happy with the direction they were going and the fact that I think John Frusciante, ah. John Frusciante kind of took over. This is a lot of this is a lot of his influence. And to the ah. point to the point where um, Flea was thinking of quitting the band, and I think they talked about it at some point, but I don't really know the 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 the. I think this may have actually been in the wiki when I was reading about it. But the mm. the thing that I thought was very telling about not just the Chili Peppers, but the relationship that Anthony and Flea have is um, in some interview when they were asking Flea, "Well, why why did ultimately you?" choose to not leave the band and he said because i just didn't want to have to tell anthony and i'm like wow well that's that's very sweet and you know like that shows yeah. that says a lot about their their friendship and their um what they've built together because they are legitimately the two original chili peppers it's a very touching story that the story of the chili peppers because a, a lot of it is just based on friendship yeah as well yeah like it's just it's just a bunch of bros Really, it's just it, their whole their whole fucking career is just like a cold one with the boys. Yeah, and, <laughs> and honestly, like the, I've said this to you before, a big thing with the appeal of the Red Hot Chili Peppers is that if you see interviews, especially with Anthony and Flea, they seem like awesome dudes. Like I'm just yeah. like, yeah, I I I want to hang out with them. Like I, you know, it's like and that that also leads me to that thing. I've always I've always wondered, like let's say that there's a there's there's a, a I mean, we could say it's a prediction. What, 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 let's say, what happens if this podcast blows the fuck up to where it's, you know, millions of listeners and all of a sudden we are granted access to all sorts of, you know, rock stars and we become friends. Let's say we become yeah. friends with Anthony and Flea to where they're inviting us over to watch football or whatever the fuck, you know? Um, Hell yeah. Would we view these albums differently then? strong possibility yeah i suppose that's, that's why i always look at people that are friends with people i'm like yeah you're you're hearing that from a, you're not hearing that as a fan you're hearing it as a friend so i i totally understand that so that's an interesting thought i suppose as well if you if you're connected to someone you'll if you're really connected with someone on a personal level you'll kind of understand their vibe even more than yeah. what they than what they say or do in the media. So if you were in that scenario and you heard something on an album 
with a little bit more personal context, you'd be like, oh, man, dude, I didn't know you felt that way. Yeah. yeah have, have, you know, let's hang out. Yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling that like, especially like I, I, albums like this, I feel like I would, I would feel way differently about it if I was one of their buddies. Yeah. Um, but did you get to the end of this one yet? Uh, I th- yeah. Yeah, I did. But I, you mentioned about uh, Flea feeling frustrated at the time. Yeah. With like, I can understand that because I know he made a conscious effort to kind of slow down his bass playing mm-hmm. periodically over the albums. Like he got to he got to Mother's Milk and he would and I can't remember what the thing is. I think someone said something to him and he, it made him think, oh, maybe I can get a little bit more melodic with my bass. And he gradually did, but he never left the funk behind. By the time you get to By The Way, though, very little of it is funky. Yeah. So I can imagine him feeling a little bit alienated by it. Sure. So, you know, that I can I can kind of put myself in the shoes. Because if, if I was in a band and I played thrash metal, you know, for six albums straight, and they said... Hey, you know, uh, we decided to sell one of your kick drums. Uh, you're only allowed to use one foot now. I'd be like, ah, <laughs> but, I, but mean, I like my double kick. But also, <laughs> you know, though, like, that, 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 since you're bringing up that point, I, I feel like that's a welcome sort of just left turn for a little bit. Like, that's why yeah. some, you know, most of my favorite bands have a variety of albums because if you go. You know, we always talk about Metallica, but the reason why I think Metallica shows are so great is they do have fast, thrashy songs and more groovy songs, and it's a good variety of stuff to play live. So an album like By The Way from the Chili Peppers, if they actually played older shit live, which they don't, like I like a, I, I saw yeah. a, con- a recent concert and they played, I think, two songs from the 90s, and, mm. and so I'm like, shit, okay. But um, if they did that, then the songs from By The Way might seem like kind of cool because you would get, if they did, you know, a more upbeat, really funky, heavy kind of thing and then followed it up with something from this. As a live performer, I would say, oh, that would be, that'd be cool. You get, you get, a, you get some dynamics in the show. Yeah. But on the album, um, by the way, um, this album is my number nine. <laughs> get it, get it, get it, by the way. <laughs> by the way, this album is my number nine also. Um, so I'm just going to jump into it real quick. Cause I was already talking, but it's, I don't, I don't have a lot to add cause I agree with most of what you already said here. Um, I really do think on its own, it, it, it's too, it's way too samey in the, in the mellowness of it all. Yeah. Now, some people could say that they matured on this album, which I wouldn't fault them for that actually. But, um, I honestly, to be honest, I can't fault a band for wanting to branch out and do something different. And this is an album I have to say is different because it does. It's the it's the softer side of uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But I have to admit that this feels, especially once you get into deep into the album, it reminds me of like if somebody had snuck up behind all of the Chili Peppers and injected them with mood stabilizing drugs. <laughs> where all yeah. of a sudden they were all just like, oh, all right. We are doing an album now, guys. Cool. Would you like to play some bass, Flea? I would like to play some bass. What about you, Chad, on the drums? I'm going to play some drums now. Here are our songs. All right. 
Like I feel like that's that's this album. They, they're, yeah. they're 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 <laughs> they're on some some heavy mood stabilizers. They've all been tranquilized. Yeah. <laughs> With just in just little enough to keep them awake enough to play their instruments. Exactly. But like, but, but at the oh. same time, like I keep doing on these albums, <laughs> I got to give them some fucking credit because there are some great melodies and beautiful songwriting on here, and that's nice and all. So I'm going to give them credit for that because it's fucking still way better than most things that that alternative rock kind of bands are putting out. But yeah, like we've said many times, this is just not what I come to Chili Peppers for, and. Um, even though I did enjoy it in the story of their discography, when I had to compare it to other things, I just went, yeah, there's not enough on this that makes it a higher up album for me. And it's way too long. Yeah. So many of their albums, uh, more of their recent albums are just too goddamn long. And I'm telling you right now, like if I, if, when I, whenever I, somebody releases a new album and I and I go over to Apple Music and I see that there's 16 tracks. I literally go, I'm gonna do this later, and it keeps yeah. me from listening to the album right away, which hurts their streams. Which I know for the most part doesn't mean shit, but it, it's I can't be the only person that goes and says, oh, I don't even want to start with this fucking 16 song album. You know, it's <laughs> like so it's just it's too much, and um, really. I think the one thing I have to say, if I remember right, so Rick Rubin produced all of their albums from Blood Sugar Sex Magic all the way to Stadium Arcadium, I think. They're all Rick Rubin produced. So at least with this particular album, I have less of a problem with the production because we're going to get to some albums, um, one in particular, where like... There's, there was a style that Rick Rubin was doing in the late 90s and early 2000s where I'm just like, he was he even listening to what the fuck was going on? <laughs> and um, so anyway, but he's, I mean, it's not just then. Like he, he, he's, Rick Rubin is interesting because he's somebody that I admire and some of his production is so fucking good and then some of it is really bad. So I'm just like, I wonder what happens. It's so weird. Anyway. Um, I don't have any more, any more to add about, by the way, except for that. Like, it's just, it's, it's not a very interesting album, but, um, I, I give them credit for, um, doing something a little bit different and incorporating some, some, you know, melody and some mellowness to their stuff. It's just not anything that connected with me in any way. So it is, uh, here at my number nine. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the thing with, by the way. As my last little closing thing, it's kind of like when bands will play a whole set at one tempo and one level of loud. When hey, Matt, that's what metal fans want. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, the 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 cultured ones like us, on the other hand, um, things sound heavier when they're stacked next to lighter parts. So you got to have like kind of a build up. But like I, I suppose, like by the way, is an inverted version of that. Whereas too much of it is mellow, and therefore the mellow parts would feel more emotional, and I would feel more connected to them if I was given a little bit more context between tracks. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, it's just it's just it's a little too chill for us metal dudes. Totally. <laughs> All, All right. right so, so num- oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're professionals, folks. 
On to your number eight. Cool. So my number eight is Californication. All right. Cool. So this is the album that marked a distinctive shift towards a more pop-oriented approach to their music. And its success proves that it worked for them. Yep. Um, but it doesn't alter the fact that this era of Chili Peppers onward isn't exactly my cup of tea. But there mm -hmm. are some real standout tracks on this album that I really do like. Uh, I've also kind of joked to my friends in the past that this is where they became the mild green bell peppers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to dive on in. Um, so uh, around the world, it's hard to deny that this is a tune to be fair. Yeah. You know, that's it's a fun great, song. It's a great opener. Flea's bass is the real highlight here. You know, I know people always think of that, but I love the burnt, kind of thing going yeah. on underneath i love that shit oh, man it's really tasteful this song mm -hmm. and and not to mention but yeah it's, it, I, lo that's I love a, that so much because it's just yeah. like that, that is see that's the one of the things i think that that's still a leftover of the unpredictable red hot chili peppers yeah. because it's really dumb, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm glad that he did it because it's almost like taking the piss out of everything. Like, I don't need to fucking write anything here. Here's what I'm gonna do. Ning nang nong nong nang. It's it's funny as well. Like, this is also. I know last time we talked about how the Black Album kind of had one foot in the thrash era and one foot in the load era. Yeah, and it was this like crossover. To me, this stuff feels like it's got one foot in their '90s stuff and one foot in what where they were going yeah de definitely a transitional album yeah parallel universe they've gone full alt rock at this point on this song there's not really any funk present on this song uh scar tissue is a nice chill song so it's kind of a precursor of what you could come to expect on the follow-up mm -hmm. albeit you know in a much higher quantity um other side is this is another hit from the record and it's really catchy but there's a, a gaping void in my immature funk metal head brain screaming where's the rocking riff with the slap bass give me the fucking <laughs> <laughs> you know there's just that little there's that little battle jacketed thrasher in the back of my mind that's like where's the distortion at yeah come that, on the, the other side is a song <laughs> that um, that was around the time that I actually still occasionally listened to rock radio, like in my car. And yeah. I had to turn it off when that would come on. Cause it got so tiresome. Cause that song is so heavy with the slit my throat. It's all, I'm just like, Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I appreciate the emotion involved in the song, but when you hear some songs, you start to hear them a lot and it just becomes so tiresome. Yeah. That I, I just, this is a song that even today I'm like, I don't, I do not want to hear other side again dude like in in the uk i i have a real i have a real moral dilemma with certain queen songs because they have been so played in so many adverts in this country yeah so many oh, goddamn too. commercial 
I know, but they're from the UK. <laughs> yeah. So like we use them fault. probably yeah, like we use them like ten times, I would imagine. But there are some songs that I hear and I'm like, Freddie, I love you, my guy, but I gotta turn you off this time. But there are certain Queen songs that don't bother me. And some that do. Man, I can't. Weird. That, that's going to be a fun one when we get to Queen. Shit, man. Yeah. That's going to be cool. Yeah. We'll get it's there, just, folks. It's just that kind of uh, the overplay quality can really kill a song. Yeah. I, I, I would, I would, with some songs, I could totally see that. That's why, like, when somebody says something is overplayed, I'm always just kind of like, well, I think you mean overheard. Like, you've heard it too much. Yeah. But, but I mean, because there are some songs that I know, I know get played every single day, at least 10 times a day on rock radio. But guess what? I don't listen to rock radio, so I don't fucking know. <laughs> so it's, yeah. you know. But yeah, at this point, I did. So it was my fault, first off. <laughs> but it was a hit song. People wanted to hear it. It's like, you know, you can't, you know, especially with Queen, people still want to hear We Are the Champions all the time. And I, I you know, I don't fault them for it. It's a beautiful song. True. True that. Uh, we got here, Get On Top. It, this is more like it for me. That uh-huh. funky, funk rock kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Californication, nice title track. Really love this song. Um, yeah, that's one. That's one where it's mellow, but the songwriting on it, I'm like that. That is a really well written song. Yeah. It's not one that I want to listen to often, but when I do, I'm always like, oh, I love the the melodic turns that the the song takes. Like that's as much as I. I this is not one of my favorite albums. That's a song where I'm like, kudos to those motherfuckers. So that's a great song. There's a remixed uh, uh, like kind of vapor waved doomer version on the on on youtube yeah. where someone has like slowed it down a little bit and put vinyl crackle over it oh, wow. and it completely changes like the mood wow like it it goes from like slightly melancholy but just emotional and feely to like gun to my head i'm in my <laughs> like end oh, my of God. days shit like oh, shit. my god like that just slowing down the riff like to oh wow and it's it it hit me even harder because i was like wow i can really actually now that you've slowed it down even more i can hear like a a, like an undertone of desperation throughout the whole thing and i was thinking oh man i actually really fucking love this song (laughs) yeah yeah um Uh, we've got Easily. It's a standard alt-rocker. It doesn't really stand out to me, that one. Um, Porcelain is a nice, vibey, chill-out track. You know, I like that about it. And the reason I like it so much is because it's surrounded by a bunch of other stuff, you know? It, like, I know I'm still kind of harping on the by-the-way thing, but it's true. You know, it sticks out more because... There's more variety going on. It's it's like where on on Blood Sugar Sex Magic, where Breaking the Girl fits in in that album. Yeah, it's it's awesome because it's 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 a it's a little break and it's something different and you know. So we'll, we'll get to that one, obviously. Uh, Emmett Remus uh, has an awesome heavy chorus. Uh, uh, you know, you know me, I love that. Yeah. Um, I like dirt. I like dirt. I like, I like dirt. dirt. Uh, that's yeah, a, that's that... a fun song. Yeah, for sure. You know, you got Velvet Glove. It, it's another like alt rock track. You get Savior. It's kind of ballady one. Uh, Purple Stain feels like an alternate version of Around the World 
to me. Like it's got similar elements to it, mm-hmm. but it just felt like a little bit of a copied idea. Um, right on time feels like a link to their old stuff and their modern sound. Um, Road tripping is a mellow string laden closer, and in conclusion, all in all, the songwriting here is clearly strong since the hits of this album are very memorable. Yeah. But to me, this era of Chili's Onward has a blandness to it compared to their earlier, and for want of a better word, much spicier records. Yeah. You know, I'd I'd a good way to put it. I like that. Yeah, I'd be fine condensing most of this album into a really fucking good, like, five or six track EP, and I'd be happy with that. Well, I mean, even you know? th- this album is also too long. They could just, just cut it down to, to 10 or 11 tracks, and I think it would be super strong. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I am I'm inclined to agree. Cool. But yeah, that is, uh, that is Californication at number eight for me. Well, to, to do another great transition, I'm not going to transition into this album because um, I'm not with you on this one because my number eight <laughs> or is uh, I'm with you <laughs> is my number eight. That's where we're right. <laughs> at number eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm kind of the opposite of you when it comes to this album, because while I think this album starts off really strong. So this is the 2011 album, the first with Josh Klinghoffer on guitar. And the first two tracks to me are, are two of the most interesting and engaging Chili Peppers songs that they've done in a long time. Unfortunately, this album does not continue that vibe to me. And that's the big problem. Yeah. But Monarchy of Roses, like I already talked about, I love the the juxtaposition between the sort of distorted, almost psychedelic sounding verses. And then it all of a sudden just levels out and becomes very disco groovy on the choruses. And then factory of faith. The reason why I like that one so much is because I like, I like it when Anthony does things that I don't expect with his vocals. And he does that actually ah, like that whole part of the song, yeah. like what the, just the way that the, I'm just like, th- that feels more, there's more of the old school energy in what they were doing. And maybe some of it had to do with the fresh blood coming into their band. I mean, he was, he was a guy that already played with the band live anyway, but you know, he was new when it come to, when it came to like songwriting stuff. So I think maybe that's, that helped out. But, um, the first, the album starts off very, very strong. And, um, I, it's just it feels a little bit more adventurous than all of the albums they had done post Californication, and the first thing that I thought of because I listened to the I started I listened to, I started with Californication and listened all the way to the most recent just to get the vibe of where they went with these albums. As soon as this album kicked in, I thought to myself, "Oh, I can hear Flea. Has Flea been in the band for the past three albums? Because I don't remember him being there." And I know that he's there and I know there's cool bass parts, but this is the first one where I'm like, I love that he's so prominent. I, I, he's one of my favorite bass players, arguably one of the best bass players ever. Like the dude is is a master of his instrument and I love hearing him. Even if he does the same sort of funky shit, you're already kind of ready to hear. I don't care. It's, it's, it's great hearing him do his shit. And on this album, he's front and center. Like the, it has a very urgent production style um, that everything feels very in your face, even on the more the more melodic songs. 
So, unfortunately, this isn't really a return to form because the album doesn't continue that way. Um, it, it has, especially as you move on, some pretty yawn-inspiring songs. Um, yeah. And as, especially the second half. Like, it's just... they, they ha- I, I think that they, they front-loaded this album, in my opinion. And the, the, the main single off this one, which was The Adventures of Raindance Maggie, is probably my least favorite song on the album. And I remember... When it when this first came out on on regular on regular cable television in America at that point, if you didn't have you know some digital cable that had uh, you know MTV two and stuff like that on it, if you just had basic cable, the only place I remember there ever being music videos was on Sunday morning, and it was the VH one like top twenty countdown. And VH1 was even from the beginning presented as this is the music video channel f- channel for old people, for people yeah. people who um, think more about um, uh, their taxes than they do about new albums from bands. <laughs> and yeah. so you started to see. I, I I would watch these just because I'm so interested in music that I was like, oh well, there's it keeps me you know into like what's going on in music. But like everything at that point was like Kings of Leon and things that were like real bland, but I can see the appeal of these things. They just weren't what I wanted to hear. And, and adventures of Raindance Maggie fit right in there with this sort of, you don't have to, you could, you could easily ignore this song or you could listen to it. It's not really engaging in any way. And so at first I was so just like, oh, I'm not going to listen to this album. And then I remember being in a record store and hearing Monarchy of Roses. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm buying this fucker. And so I bought it because I was just like, <laughs> this is back before I really collected you know, vinyl. I was you know, still just buying CDs. And so um, I just remember like listening, it, listening to it in my car a lot and really kind of digging this album. But as time went on, I started to really go, all right, it, it really does start off strong and then doesn't doesn't really deliver um i think if i think if the vibe and the the excitement that i feel in the first couple tracks had continued for the whole album then this one would be probably way up higher in my list but as it turns out it is here at number eight i'm with you cool so uh i suppose i'm not with you on (laughs) my number seven pick because uh my Number seven pick is Stadium Arcadium. Cool. So we're knocking like out, we, knocking out all these two thousands albums. <laughs> like, like we said before about it, the important thing to note about this bad boy is it's a double album and it is long. <laughs> you know, clock clocking in at just over two hours. But with that, in the modern age, comes a beauty that you can cherry pick what kind of chili peppers you want to hear on this album. Like I did with my 10 track um, playlist I mentioned earlier in the episode. But, uh, and I suppose that kind of bumped it up for me is that this album out of all of what is considered their later works, um, this one to me had the most on it that I liked. Mm -hmm. And while that is 
a result of the sheer quantity of stuff on this album. <laughs> um, it's something I, I'm not complaining too much about because I managed to get forty, at least a forty-three minute enjoyment out of it. You know, sure. considering the other eighty minutes are. Uh, well, I'm just gonna jump on into it. So <laughs> do, do it, oh, man. This is yeah. You whenever I see an album like this, I'm like, oh shit, he's got to do a track by track. <laughs> <laughs> 29 whole tracks let's let's do this right on so danny california is a great song with a great video too uh and it hits the middle ground that was missing on the previous record so it's it's gonna draw you know some of the rock fans that they may have lost with by the way back in with that big ass stadium chorus uh snow heyo is uh oh i didn't do my brackets thing hang on Snow, hey oh, uh, is a nice song, but it, it doesn't jump out too much to me. <laughs> um, Charlie is, to me, not very interesting despite its funky feel. Uh, Stadium Arcadium, at this point, I was disappointed at the time of writing it to see that despite the heavy setup of Danny California, we're still hanging out in bland altland. Uh, Hump de Bump is pretty much a redone version of American Ghost Dance. Uh, oh, still, yeah, I think that's <laughs> what that's what makes it the most exciting song <laughs> since the opener. But uh, you know, she's only eighteen. Comes on, and I'm bored again. And how are you going to make a song called "She's Only 18 <laughs> Like of a boring track, you know, that would strike me as kind of a. a a hair metal kind of nod hey you know what <laughs> at least you know seeing our our recent foray into the kiss world i'm just glad that they made her legal <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true yeah although the catholic schoolgirls might have something to say about that that's true that is very true we'll get to them <laughs> oh shit um <laughs> slow cheetah it wasn't really holding my attention you know it's not a great sign considering the length of this fucking thing uh <laughs> <t> <laughs> torture me uh frantic melodic but meh uh strip my mind has something of a good chill feel with some queen influence in there uh especially in michigan at least has an uplifting chorus uh warlocks is really melodic uh come on girl has a cool chorus wet sand now i actually i actually really like wet sand um I just, I, a, I, I just, I just, I took, I took a second to go glance over at the, at the, <laughs> the, the, the track list again, and I'm like, oh, he's got so far to go. Yeah. Can I, can um, I put out? I'm gonna put out a call. I know that we don't have that many listeners, but maybe one day a lot of people will listen to this episode. And if I could, if I could, please ask, ask a favor of every artist in the world from now on. Just don't do double albums anymore. If you yeah. feel like you have two albums <laughs> worth of strong material, put one half of it out and see how it goes. Because mm -hmm. cause honestly, if I was a if I'm a really big fan of an album that comes out that's got 10 to 12 tracks on it, and then a year later they go, Oh, here's some here's the other songs from that recording session. Do you want to do it? I'd be like, Oh yeah, sure, I'll listen to that. But for some reason, putting it out all together, it's it's too it is way too much. And I realize that maybe 
I'm 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 showing my age because I think for younger people they don't give two shits. They're like, it's just gonna go in my it's gonna be on random anyway. So who the fuck cares? But I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm an album person, and it's just yeah. it even the best band in the world, it takes a lot out of me if you have albums that are this long and they're double albums. I'm like, just half half the shit up, okay? You know, it's like yeah. You know, I don't know. Like, like it, t- it even took a while for Use Your Illusion to grow on me. Now I love both of those albums, but even at the time, I'm like, whoo, that's a, that's a lot to unwrap here. <laughs> yeah. God, I guess it, technically that wasn't a double album. They did release them separately, but still, it, I, I refer to it as a double album. Yeah, I it, I refer to it as a double album. It, 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 they were recorded, sorry, they were released on the same day. Yeah. that's That makes it a double album for me. Yeah. It was just released as kind of a puzzle you need the other piece but um sorry yeah, go ahead go ahead Continue. that's 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 okay uh <laughs> we're gonna be here for a while so <laughs> we can stop for breaks if we like <laughs> uh warlocks is really melodic uh come on girl has a cool chorus uh i've said some of these uh hang on you are you're already myself. you were at wet sand i'm sorry i interrupted you right after wet sand uh, I just really like Wet Sand. I feel like it was a really well-written song. Uh, hey, some what? tasteful lead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry. That's okay. I, I should have seen it coming. <laughs> it's got some tasteful lead, pay, lead playing from uh, Frashante. Uh, Desecration Smile uh, has a lead guitar line that reminds me of Garden by Pearl Jam. I don't know if you picked up on that. I didn't, pretty, but, but it, I, it I, has, I can see that. It's pretty much exactly the same as the vocal melody from that. It's 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 cool. I like it, though. I like that melody. Uh, Tell Me Baby, it's a funky, catchy, catchy melodic track. Uh, hard to Concentrate is okay. what I'm that's how I feel finding it, on this album. That's how... Yeah. <laughs> uh, 21st Century, century uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers doing their modern alt-rock thing. Uh, she Looks to Me, one of their slow tracks. Ready Made, now, favorite song here. You know, I wonder why. You know, th- this, this could be a Rage Against the Machine song mm-hmm. in parts. Like... And that's what really bumped this song up for me. It does um, feel like the second, the second half of this album does have a lot more energetic tracks on it. So at least it's got yeah. that going for it. I I'm I agree. You get if it feels like it belongs in one of those motivational videos. <laughs> like there's like uh, emotive background things to a bunch of mountains, and it's like. Don't ever feel like you gotta you gotta wake up and you gotta ju- just go out and kaboom it. Just go, just go. Fuck yeah! But uh, you know that's my motivational just speech of the day. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Make your dreams come true. <laughs> Have you seen the whole like cut of that? No. All the other bad shit, insane no. shit he says. <laughs> like the whole thing, it goes for like another like ten minutes if I remember. Like it's just him doing a bunch of monologues in front of a green screen. <laughs> Shit, that is a that is uh, a unique character, that guy. Fuck yeah! Like, <laughs> uh, make you feel better. I'm not crazy about this one. It's a little too indie rock for the stuff I come to this band for. Animal Bar, spaced out alt rocker, so much eye, full on alt rock. Um, Storm in a teacup. Now this is more like it. You know, you got some funk rock. This in parts could have been on Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Um, we believe 
Uh, another one that didn't really hold my attention, to be honest. Uh, Turn It Again. Now, the climax of this song with that ripping guitar solo from Frusciante pays mm -hmm. off damn good at the end and should have finished the album, in my opinion. Tacking on Death of a Martian on the end, I mean, it's, it's okay, but I would have preferred those two tracks to swap places because I feel like Turn It Again is the best possible way that could have ended. Um, the good news is, like I said, we, you know, we finally come to the end of this like fucking 30 track or at least 29 track album. Mm -hmm. You can, you can kind of do a little bit of the legwork yourself and condense it down to however many of whichever vibe you fancy. I'd say, like I said, there's a 10 track album in here. That's a vast improvement on the previous record, but there's just so much of it that can overshadow it in your case. But uh, yeah, that is my that's my take on Stadium Stadium Arcadium. Cool. Um, well, um, I think that with this one, we will effectively have killed off the uh, latter portion of the um, Chili Peppers catalog. I think um, because my number seven is uh, Californication hey. from nineteen ninety nine. Um. So. Um. This is a good album with some weak issues. Um, this is the one where after Fushante left for a little bit and they had um, they had Derek Zoolander on guitar. What's his name? Um, <laughs> Dave Navarro. Dave Navarro. <laughs> I heard somebody once refer to him as the Derek Zoolander of rock and roll, and I'm all like, that is the most <laughs> accurate thing I've ever fucking heard. But um, so Fushante's back here. So, really, really good looking. <laughs> <laughs> um, shit. Or maybe you thought I didn't know what a Lugugli was. <laughs> I need to watch that fucking movie again. They were killed in a traffic tr in a tragic gasoline fight accident. Yeah. <laughs> and I I use the word brother not as an actual brother, but in the way black people use it, which is more meaningful, <laughs> I think. That's a great oh, movie. man. Anyway, it's a great movie. <laughs> Go check out Zoolander. But um, Californication. So my number one gripe with this album, and it's even more telling when you go back and listen to other albums and then flip back quickly to Californication, the production on this album is fucking awful. It sounds awful. It is brick-walled all to shit where there's clipping, even in softer songs. The fucking shit mm. is clipping it all feels like it's compressed right into the middle of your speakers, and that's it. There's no dynamics. Mm. This is the kind of album that I it people like complain about Death Magnetic. No, Death Magnetic sounds amazing compared to Californication. It is and both both are Rick Rubin things. And I don't I don't understand how around this time you have like the first the first uh, uh system of a down album. And um, there's one by Slayer also that that it's it. I don't know why they were just like turn everything up. Oh, cool, but but everything's clipping. Doesn't matter. And so that's that's what the production <laughs> style sounds sounds like. But in the case of Californication, not only is it is it like that, but literally there's no everything is compressed. It's just such a uncomfortable album to listen to production wise. And that sucks because there's a lot of great shit on here. Uh, we, we've already, I agree with you on a lot of the songs. I don't really need to go in to a lot of them. 
Um, so this did, this was the beginning of when you started to get, they were kind of filtering their sound a little bit more, but we did talk about how there's some things that still harken back to their early days a little bit. Um, yeah. still, they're still playing it safe here, but some of it is at least fun. And honestly, when this album came out in 1999, so I was a Chili Peppers fan. And I loved One Hot Minute. I thought One Hot Minute, still do think One Hot Minute is an amazing album. And so when this one came out, I was very sort of like, oh, all right, I guess. I I love the Chili Peppers, so I'm glad we got a new Chili Peppers album. But that was as far as it went for me at first. And it took a little while for it to grow on me. And some of the songs I think are fucking great. Um. Once again, the thing I think this also this this suffers from just being too long. If it was uh, ten or eleven tracks, it'd be pretty amazing because there's a lot. Of, not only that, there are a lot of memorable songs on here. Like just reading the song title brings a thing yeah. into your head that you remember from the song. And you know, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not really that big on Scar Tissue. It's a fine song, but I don't. It's one that I don't really need to hear again. But um, a lot of the other ones. Around the World, Parallel Universe, um, Californication. Um, I, I just think that there's there's a lot of good shit here. Um, but it doesn't go, it's not gonna be any higher on this list than this, because this is the portion where they did take a step into a more safe version of their stuff. And I was I was trying to do a little bit of research and because I I've, I haven't read a lot of books or any books on the Chili Peppers, and I haven't read a whole lot about their um, history around this time. But it sounds to me like a band that went through recovery and now they're all clean. And this is the clean version of the Chili Peppers is what you're hearing here. So I know it's a, it's a dickhead thing to say, but they need to get back on drugs. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really mean that because I want them to be healthy and I want them to live forever and continue to make music because um, as much as I am not a fan of everything that Chili Peppers have done um, in the same way, um, I, I don't want there to be a world without the Chili Peppers. I like them doing shit still. Yeah. And it's just unfortunate that starting with Californication, fans like me and you, um, but, but but me because I was you know there at the time listening to this and it really did sort of... Uh, make me go. All right, I don't know if I'm gonna continue with this band because I I like some of this, but um, some of it I'm just like, okay, I don't, I don't. This is just not for me anymore. And 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 sometimes I I you would hear people say things like, oh, they're just maturing, and when you get older, you no longer want to do the chaotic and crazy shit that you did when you were younger. I'm all like, well, now I'm 43. I still want to listen to that shit. And if I was in a band, I would still want to make that music. So what does that say? So it's not a maturity thing. It's a, yeah, maybe it's a complacency thing. And and maybe it did have to do with recovery. Like maybe, maybe this is a, uh, 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 maybe this is what the chili peppers as happier people sounds like, you know, as their lives are more in order, I guess. I don't know. I I think as well, like, I don't know what it is about the Californication era image-wise, but just there's something like hilariously alien to me about the way Anthony Kiedis looks during this time (laughs) because he 
never like he did like kind of a wacky short or punky kind of thing in the early days but for the for the most part from like uplift mofo all the way into like one hot minute he had the long you know mane of hair and then all of us all of a sudden you've got this like short but still scruffy surfer do that's like bleached like white blonde and it's almost like looking at a totally different guy. Like I know it's kind of surface level and shallow, but I thought I have to bring this up because yeah. he looks so fucking weird. <laughs> it rem- it reminds me of like you know, you know when you when you watch like like uh, major network television shows and they may have yeah. an episode where there's a rock guy in it and they always have that haircut. The Anthony Kiedis like short but kind of messy. Like so you know yeah. I'm a rocker. And, you know, and so it's like, I mean, we're talking about hair. Who gives a fuck? But at the same it's time, funny. It, it is, it does have, it does have that quality of, of, uh, all right, this is, this is what you're going with. Cool. I guess. I mean, it goes with the, with the music, I guess it's, uh, you know, some, some bands chop off their hair and, and it's, and then you hear it in the music. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, like just- I, I, Go ahead. It, it just it just struck me so funny that he not only chose to do that messy do, but he also went for the full on bleach, yeah, bleach blonde, and it makes him it makes him look like a totally different guy. And I suppose maybe that was part of his recovery. Maybe he needed yeah. to change things up a little bit. Maybe so, and um, that's fine. You know, yeah. look however you want. It's just it, I just thought he looked kind of weird during this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I guess I guess all bands that we talk about, we could probably point out some point where some member of the band looked weird. Um, but but yeah. CC Deville, <laughs> early nineties. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's one of them. Um, yeah, so I don't have anything else to add for Californication. It, it, it has it is an album that some of the tracks have really aged well, in my opinion. Um, I wish the production was better, and I wish it was shorter. Um, but it, it's you know it's it's an album that. If if somebody really digs it, I kind of understand, but um, yeah. it's just not, it's not as good as all of the the next you know six that we're going to be talking about. So that's why it's here at number seven. Cool. So we have arrived at the top of the bottom. Here we go. So this is where things are going to get are going to get spicy because we've we've spicy. we've gone past. We have far surpassed the mild section of the the peppers on sale here we are in the we are in the fucking carolina reaper zone so uh <laughs> all right <laughs> so let's uh let's go for it so my number 6 of the first 6 albums is the 6th album i've gone for one hot minute whoa damn dude yeah ouch I've and that's solely based on I think it's because this is the one I've spent the this least is, amount of time with. The, I do, I'm going to flat out say it. I think you're insane for putting this here. I think you're going to come back later and you're going to go, "All right. <laughs> can I can I have a do-over?" <laughs> but but here's here's the catch though. Here's okay, here's the okay. catch. I would consider everything here on in on a scale of 1 to 10. Everything to me here is in like the eight to ten bracket. Okay, you I'll, know, I'll, I'll accept that. I love all these six albums. S- so same here. One hot, one hot minute. So this album features the addition of Jane's Addictions, Dave Navarro on guitar, mm-hmm. and uh, 
I'm just going to go straight for the track by track. Warped is fucking awesome. Yeah. Real, real heavy and rocking song. Like, wild way to open the album. Yeah, um, yeah. Fucking great song. Aeroplane is a tune. My band back in college covered it, and you bet it got the fucking booty shaking every time but this is but that's a good example too of like that's that's a song that fits in very well with later day stuff that they did but i in, in the in this grand scheme of of the album of the songs on the album it sounds cool as the second song on the album yeah it's it's like to me it still feels like something you could have found on blood sugar sex magic yeah like uh, you you get deep kick. Yes. It's a very very nineties alternative song. Fuck, deep. that's a good song. My friends is a is yep. a nice chill song. Coffee shop. Meet is a me f- at the at coffee the shop. Coffee shop. Oh, we can man. dance like a get pop. All right. <laughs> it's like a uh, it's a full on funk metal track. I'm not afraid to say that. It it sounds. A lot like System of a Down in the verses, like but that also guitar- like the thing you're, you're point, the thing that you're you're I mean you're talking about these songs, but most of these songs they have weird shit in them, weird choices. Whereas yeah. like the the verses of Warped, the, the, you can't even find the fucking rhythm in the vocals. Like where yeah. is it? Where do the vocals go? And then in this one, the vocal line is a weird sort of step down thing. I'm just like, that's yeah. so cool. That's what I mean. They did so much more interesting shit. So I'm sorry. Obviously, I really like this album. <laughs> yeah, like, and then you get P, and P is a, is a oh, fun, gosh. short track of Flea so singing. So fucking what? what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the fact that it's just him singing this little little solo ditty uh, yeah. laced with obscenities. I love Homophobic it. fucking redneck dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, I, God, such a good track. And it's, it doesn't even need to be on the album. And it's fucking great. <laughs> oh, man. At one Big Mob, I'm really oh, impressed. Oh, yeah, yeah. This fucking album, dude. It's so, it is so good. Yeah. It's, it's also a really heavy track in parts with some weird vibes in there, too. You've got Walkabout is a is a chill, funky one. Tearjerker is a nice song. Mm-hmm. One hot, another, another softer one there. Yeah, it's like One Hot Minute. Is, oh. Is, oh, it's a heavy, the heavy groove grunger. of One Hot Minute is fucking awesome. It's so yeah. good. Oh, man, Fallen from Grace is, is a sexy, slow one. Shallow Be Thy Game. Funk Metal Mode activates. You know, mm-hmm. trans, transcending is a big old groover for an outro track. Yeah. This album deserves way more love than it gets. Hell yeah. Agreed. I am. And to be honest, like you say, this could come up the ranking for me from, you know, (laughs) in the future. Yeah. But it's solely based on the fact that I've spent the most time with the first five. Yeah. And uh, I have to admit this one actually is a grower because at first it's a, it's a, it's such an odd album that things don't necessarily click right away. So when it came yeah. out, I remember getting it and liking aspects of it, but it became one of those things where six months down the line, I kept putting it back on again and again. And to the to the yeah. point where like my girlfriend at the time was just like, are we going to listen to this? I mean, yeah, we're listening to this fucking album again. <laughs> it's yeah. like every time I listen to it, there's a new part that I fucking didn't even hear the first you know 20 times we listened to it. 
Honestly, I think the mid-90s is the era of the Grower album because you've got albums like King for a Day, Fall for a Lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it, it, Super Unknown was a grower for me. That, that, that's that that's was, another one where repeat listens are very rewarding, yeah. Yeah, and also Down on the Upside as well falls into that bracket. I feel like those later Soundgarden albums have oh, grower we gotta, qualities. We gotta hop on Soundgarden soon. Yeah, that that's going to be awesome. Yeah. But yeah, like th- that that mid nineties period, a lot of albums from say like ninety four to ninety six, ninety seven, that is like the biggest era that sticks out in my mind. Is like repeat listens are required for records of this time. That's why whenever people talk shit about the nineties, like I'm like, sure, there was some watered down stuff. There were some also ran kind of bands. There were some bland grunge things happening, but. So many bands were putting out albums that today that would never happen. They were too. Yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't. I, I don't think using the word experimental is necessarily appropriate because that there are some. There's that legit experimental music. But the, for these bands, they were taking risks and making interesting shit that wasn't just trying to get played on the radio or trying to be number one in the iTunes chart or whatever for for a week. Yeah. It's. It, it was it was music that you needed to spend some time with, and that's something that I I miss so much about most music today. Is that there's yeah there there it's almost like the the most bands don't want to try that hard, and even even though like you know from from what I've from what I know about the one hot minute time period, like they there was a lot of drug problems, especially with Dave Navarro because he had a yeah. lot of issues, but. Um, Man, I don't, I don't know. Something about this album, it's just they, they, I, I hear so much effort put into this, not just in making good music, but in making something unique that you don't necessarily expect, while still sounding like the Chili Peppers. Yeah. Which is why it's such a fucking badass album, and why these first six are so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh... Cool. I'm going to hand it over to you cool. for the for the last last one. Awesome. So my, I'm, I'm having a good time. Yeah, this is, this, this, this is fun. But shit, <laughs> we, we're crossing over into where we're just going to be jerking each other off at this point when we're talking about <laughs> albums. Or jerking the Chili Peppers off, I guess, more appropriately. But um, <laughs> so it was, really, it was really difficult to order my top five. But this one... Um, it, it easily is is this the bottom of the top six, um, and that is the debut album from the Red Hot Chili Peppers from 1984. Fair enough. And <laughs> this is it's a great record. It's a very odd record, and it, it was the introduction to the Chili Peppers. I mean, it's like it's so weird. Like sometimes I forget that they were way back in '84 is when this album came out. Yeah, and. The big reason why this album comes in the last of their classic era stuff for me is because it feels kind of lazy. Like the the yeah. the tempos are all kind of in this weird area where it it something doesn't feel right with the like the songs should be faster, but they're not. And even the performances, they feel very sort of way too laid back almost like the band were busy doing something else and they were like hey we got to go record an album oh well let's just do it real quick so we can just go back to doing what we were doing (laughs) and the album kind of feels like like that like i mean that may have not have been the case but when it comes to freaky styly on that 
there's it, it's way more engaging. This one just feels like there's not they're not that excited about the music. The music doesn't feel energetic. It feels weird and funky and 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 doesn't really sound like anything else like I think was that was happening at the time. So I give it that. But there's a whole lot of of songs that are that just feel like they they should be more energetic than they are. And there's there's also some that like I I sometimes I don't even want to listen to some songs on this. You know, like I don't really need to hear. Why don't you love me like you used to do? I, I, oh, just, but I love that one. <laughs> I, I love that one. <laughs> I don't. I don't really need to hear that one. And even "Mommy Where's Daddy," I'm just kind of like, all right. I it, it's it's fine. I'm with you on that one. It's it's the but overall, like like this is not a strong debut album. But it does. Yeah. It, if you're a Chili Peppers <laughs> fan, it's a fun album because you hear them at the early stages of what they were doing. And so, I don't know. It, it's, it's cool. I like it. It's, it's, and, and, you know, if somebody wants to put on this album, I'm never going to say no, but if I'm given a choice with the first six albums, this is the one I'm going to go to the last. Um, I don't really have a lot to add here because it's real. It's got, it's got a very 80 sounding production and it's, but it really does. It does feel like some like there's a there's an oomph that's not there with this, and maybe the production is part of the problem. Um, maybe it's it doesn't come through as mm. aggressive as it needs to come through. But it's still a fun album. It's just it's not. They they did so much better than this. I'm tr- I'm trying to think. Was this this was one of the records where they were kind of like at each other's throats with the producer? It was. I pr- remember the. It was produced by Andy Gill from the band uh, uh, Gang of Four. Didn't he have like one of the songs, like one of the cassettes that they'd like recorded on labeled shit or something? <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise yeah. me. A- Andy Gill actually died last year. Oh, shit, um, man! I was actually a pretty big fan of of Gang of Four for a while. the 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 first few albums of of Gang of Four, um, but um, but yeah, I I could see him being a person that worked with this Would band that. and thought that, <laughs> and they thought that they were kind of a bunch of douchebags but he worked with them anyway um but yeah it's just it's just one that doesn't uh stack up cuz it's like you know between californication and this album there's a big gap but then there's also a big gap between this album and the other 5 that we're going to talk about on the next episode yeah so that's my that's my number uh 6 um so i mean literally like the shit talking ends for me here. Like it, once we get yeah. to next, everybody be ready for a total love fest. Probably a lot of us badly singing Anthony Kiedis vocals for most <laughs> of the time or doing mouth versions of bass lines and stuff like that. Cause that's good. That's exactly what I thought of. The higher ground is the first thing I thought of, but um, I'm, I'm gonna wrap it up by, by reiterating what I said before. Um, I think the Chili Peppers are a great band. Um, the only reason I have negative negativity towards these things is just because as a fan of their early stuff, it's been kind of a letdown every time they've put out an album since Californication. But um, like I said, if, if for younger people that that's where they started, you know, it's like, it's just, I guess it's that way with any band that actually continues being relevant. Like somebody comes yeah. and says, you know, Load is my favorite Metallica album. I'd be like, 
there's a part of me that goes, that's weird. But then another part of me goes, I, I totally understand that. Like that's, that's where you came into the show. So, you know, it makes sense. I think the biggest difference though, would be like in this scenario, Metallica got to load and only ever played like two thrash songs again. And the rest of the set was load. Like, I think that's the thing Which that's they happened didn't do. with yeah, the Chili you're right. Peppers. You're right. They did not do that. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's the main thing that kind of, like, bums me out. But aside from that, you know, it's... It, they're a great band, and, and, and nobody's... Nobody is actively promoting the early stuff at this point, but nobody's trying to delete it, so you can still enjoy it, so... That's very true. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. I really do wish, though, even though... I'm not a big fan of, you know, remasters. I really yeah. wish that they would do deluxe kind of reissues. I know they've done versions oh, with yeah. extra tracks and stuff. Well, I'll probably talk about some of those when we get to the next albums. But um, I think these albums deserve to to be reissued just with some hype behind them. And I, and maybe they will. You know, maybe you know, maybe the Chili Peppers are just waiting for it to be 2024, and then they're going to start going back 30 years or whatever. Is it 30 years? 40? Oh, fuck. Oh, oh shit, man. My, my box set brain, my box set brain is kicking in again. If they do it like first five or six album box set, bam, take my money. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, that's that, that, that wraps it up for the first half of our red hot chili peppers album ranking. Um, for those of you who are uh, re- regular listeners, um, peanut butter platypus to you all. And um, <laughs> if you're new, um, th- uh, thanks for listening. I don't, I, I don't, Chili Peppers is a weird thing. I don't know if we're going to get a bunch of new listeners off this band because, like I said, I don't know people that are like crazy big Chili Peppers fans. I know people that just like them or they don't like yeah. them, you know. Anyway, anything to add before we uh, sign off for today? Uh, nah, nah, just, (laughs) I I think, you know, that this, much like the discography, it's kind of split down the middle. This is the shit talk episode. Next episode is going to be like nothing but sheer praise of like the early shit. Yeah. It's literally going to be like our, like the helmet episode was with the first half for me going into the second (laughs) half. Although I, although I think I was, I was a little bit more rude to, to helmet. Than I was to Chili Peppers, but that's fine. I think Chili Peppers have earned they've earned my respect. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Plus, one day I hope that I'm best buds with Anthony and Flea. So we'll see if that happens. Once we once we get everybody go out and share this podcast and, and tell your friends about it. So maybe we can eventually get to the to the point where we are able to have access to actual people from bands. And I mean, like you said, like our, our last little video episode, we didn't rank anything. So maybe one day cranked yeah. and ra- cranked and ranked, you know, doesn't have to be just ranking. Maybe we can, or maybe we can have guests. Wouldn't it be cool if like Flea comes on and he ranks some stuff with us? And oh that, hell yeah, that's guest rankers. Oh, that would be great. Make that happen, oh, folks. Get yeah. this shit out there in, in front of everybody's ears, into everybody's ears, whatever. Yes. So, um, and if you're watching this on YouTube, like and subscribe, and um, comment what you feel about the chili peppers and also go subscribe to Eddie Sparks. Eddie Sparks has been putting out um, a lot of shit recently. Um, I just saw a brand new um, grind corner episode yep. uh, last the night, gr- which was pretty funny. 
the grind corners going strong. All I'm gonna um, all I'm, I'm gonna say about the last episode of Grind Corner is the thing that made me lose my shit was repeat. Like that was <laughs> <laughs> once you once you said that I was like that's fucking hilarious. Anyway, but you'll have <laughs> to go you. find out yourself. Go go uh, go watch Eddie Sparks shit. Um, but that's it for this episode of Crankton Ranked. We'll be back with you next week with the second half of the Chili Peppers ranking. Um, thank you very much for listening. Um, as usual, um, I am Stephen Oldhead saying goodbye. And here's Mr. Eddie Sparks taking us out. Beep, boo, peep, poo, motherfucking later, dude.